This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank God for an opportunity to hear His Word. And I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you shall not hear the wisdom of man, but you shall hear the Word of God. The Word which is able to guide you. The Word which is able to give you victory. The Word which is able to cause you to have a fruitful life. The word which is able to bring you peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We thank God that this is an opportunity. I wanted to prepare your heart to receive as the Lord to speak to you. As we prayerfully take this song preserved. Holy words for our walk. Long preserved for our walk in this world. In this world. They resound. They resound God's with God's own heart. God's own heart. Oh, let the that ancient word which was before, which in the beginning was there, and the beginning was words with God. Life, let it resound in our hearts. Words of hope. Words of life, words of hope. Give us strength. Let it be our strength, O Lord. Help us cope. Help us to overcome every world dark world and works. Wherein we roam. In this dark world where we roam. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us without through. a guide. Asian words. Oh, ever true. Ever true. Changing me. Thank you that by the word I shall be changing you. By the word I receive salvation. I have come, I have come indeed, Lord, heart, with open heart. Oh, not with preconceived Asian ideas. It is my prayer. Asian today, as your word comes forth, ever true. Let it impart my life. Me, let it bring a change in my direction. A change in my thinking. A change even in my come, understanding. With that I may live a life. That is pleasing. Oh, that is worthy of living. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord. Holy Father, we thank you. Jesus, we are grateful for doing that to this age. no man could do. To lay down your life. Not for your friends, but for sinners. Oh, like me. Holy Spirit, of I know you are here with me. You are here with us Holy to teach word. and to guide us, to help us, to strengthen us. Do what you do best and what only you can do. We give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
It's a blessing once again to have to be the carrier of the message of the word of God. And I believe we are progressing. We thank God that the restriction on our gathering is being eased gradually. And we thank him for the opportunity. But I believe as a church, we would have to apply wisdom and find a more effective way of doing that which we need to do. You know, one of the wonderful things that I am learning as I observe and meditate on this season of my life here on earth is that there are many things that we have made essential that is not essential. And in the process, we have left the essential and preoccupy ourselves with the non-essential. And if there's anything, the corona is teaching us to be more effective and occupy ourselves maximally with the essential. You know? And it's my prayer that as we go through this season of life, whatever wisdom that God directs me or points that I live in my life, may I never be resistant to it. You know? It doesn't take long to make the main thing the minor thing. And then the minor thing rather becomes the main thing. You know, the main thing of the gospel is salvation for mankind. And we should keep it the main thing. And that is why today is our Ben and Peace Sunday. And I want you to have in mind that great special effort made by our pastor, our father, our prophet, our leader in keeping the main thing the main thing by going out to the villages and to far away places for the salvation of souls. And it takes our support. Most of the things are quite expensive and it takes our support for him to be able to go. We may not be able to go, but he <coughs> he has given himself to go. The least we could do is to support him. So I want us to remember to give our mood-changing offering. As the time comes, we all have the account. They'll project the account later on on the screen. And many of you who have not been involved giving special offering for evangelism want to ask you to give. Amen. Well, I want to continue on my subject of faith. 
And I'm sure by now you should know the verses of faith. You should know the verses of faith by now. I mean the verses Hebrews 10 38 which is a quotation from Habakkuk 2 4. Now the just shall live by faith. It is required of us if we are going to live pleasing to God to live by faith. The Bible says that without faith in Hebrews 6, sorry, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, I went on to talk a little bit more about how the mind of a person of faith works. And I, I try to explain to you over the weeks that faith does not mean put your mind on hold and don't think. We are operated by our minds. So a person of faith is not a person whose mind is on hold. But rather, rather, a person of faith is a person whose mind has been renewed. Whose mind has been improved. Whose mind has been redone to include the left out components. You know, before we meet Jesus, we have our minds made up or constructed by the teachings of the world in which we were born into, by our environment and by so many things. Now, this mind is what operates us. So, according to the signals that it receives, it interprets and acts or reacts now, when you are born again, Paul said that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he, he said, we must renew our minds or we must be transformed. We were translated as we were from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ by our believing in him as the son of God, by our believing in him as the Messiah, the one whose death and resurrection on the cross would bring forgiveness and newness of life and eternal life to anyone who believes in him. So as we declared our belief in Jesus Christ as the way, as the truth, and as the life. As the one sent to God, sent from God to us, we get translated from the kingdom, from the rulership of Satan 
from the domination and the slavery of Satan into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Into the kingdom of God. Now, when you are translated in, in, in maths, there's a subject they call translation. You don't change in shape, in size. You just move as you were, like that, into the new position or the new plane. Now, it is the transformation that brings the change. So the transformation we are required to do according to Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Maybe you should put up the scripture for us. Paul says that be ye do not or do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is as good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let's read it. Romans chapter 12. You must like a preaching that refers you to the word of God. Don't, don't, it's nice to hear stories and jokes. But you see, Jokes and stories don't just transform you. It is a word that will transform you. So Paul said, and be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind, or of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So I, I went on to say that a person of faith is a person whose mind is renewed. And the renewal of the mind includes the addition or the recognition that there are different sources of information. The recognition that there are different sources of information and that there is a world beyond the world that we see. So a person of faith is a person whose mind is renewed to include these facts that there is a world beyond what we see. It is from this world that the occurrences in the world which we can relate with, which is the world of five senses, see, hearing, sight, um, uh, touch, feel, taste, smell, you know, the occurrences in this world are not originating from this world. That's a person of faith. A person of faith believes that the world which we see is not the only world which is there and that there is a world which we cannot see with our natural and naked eyes, which our five senses cannot enter in. 
And therefore, by this belief or by this recognition, that person begins to give attention to the facts revealed to us in the word of God regarding the operations of this world. You see, up until our minds are renewed, we regard not the information significantly from that world. We, we, we just speak things like seeing is believing. But you see, there are many things that are there that you cannot see. But it doesn't make it not to be there. So as we press on, I want to, I'm just trying to recap and lay the foundation so that it will help us to understand. A person of faith also believes and knows that there is God. There is God. There is God who created and sustains all that there is in this universe, including our earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything was created by God. The person of faith believes that occurrences in this world is governed by the events of the world that cannot be seen. Therefore, gives attention, gives attention to the world, to connecting with the world that cannot be seen. And as Christians, we do that by our spirits. Through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. That's the bridge. And, and it therefore, last week I indicated that it's very important for you not to neglect the development of your spirit. To neglect the development of your spirit is like having an opportunity to decide the development of your five senses and you don't you don't you don't actually do things that will make it develop such as your sight your hearing your sense of smell touch and what else have i forgotten i always keep forgetting whichever one but you know there are five if you don't know just look it up in, on the internet now, you see, it is, it is by the development of these five senses that we are able to interact with the natural world in which we see and live in. So if it were not to be developed, our interaction with this natural world will be very limited. And we see it always that, for example, we, and even we, we call the people who, for whatever reason, have and some of their senses affected we call them handicapped now now the question is or depending on if you want to be politically correct we call them whatever deficiency is there challenged but you see why do we call them handicapped we call them handicapped because they are limited in the information they can get a person who has no sight 
It's affected significantly. It's affected significantly. A person who cannot hear is affected significantly. A person who cannot feel is affected. A person who cannot smell. A person who cannot taste is limited. And you know, depending on which of these senses are affected, you may be limited quite significantly. And one of the one of the things I re- I've realized is that when your sight goes, you are limited very you are limited a lot. Because you see, the body is created for movement. So your inability to see immediately limits your speed of movement and makes movement very difficult. Hallelujah. So that's the, that's, that's the natural realm senses development. And by the grace of God, they develop without much of our effort in terms of all we have to do is to feed the physical body and keep it healthy. And then God, who created the body, has put in place systems where everything develops nicely. I didn't do much for my vision to develop. I didn't do much for my hearing to come up. I didn't do much for my taste to come up. God has set everything. All I did was to just, or all I did was to be fed. And then when I got the chance to eat, also to eat myself. You know, and I have all these senses. And by them, I am interacting and relating with the world in which I live physically. So also spiritually, spiritually, there's a whole realm, there's a whole world. And it is, it is of importance to us because it is from there where everything happens. It is from there. What we see, the Bible says, was created from what is not seen. So it is important for us as Christians to make sure that every effort is brought to bear in the development of our spirits. Through reading of the word, through prayer, through meditation, through whatever we need to do. So that our spirit grows. First Peter 2, 2 says that, Therefore, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. New Living Translation says, Desire the sincere, the pure milk of the word, or something to that effect, that you grow into the full experience of salvation. Hallelujah. Unless you grow in your spirit, you will not have the full experience of salvation. So I want to encourage you. And of course, if Satan is to fight you, that is where he will fight you. If Satan is to fight you, knowing that if if you develop in this area, you will know everything that he's planning, everything that is is planning to attack against you. And you can also hear the advance warnings and the guidance and everything from the Holy Spirit. So he he will make sure... If Satan is to attack you, and he is attacking you, not if, he's attacking you. He will make sure that you don't place emphasis on the development of your spirit. And a lot of Christians say, I've been a Christian, I've been born again for 20 years. But if we were to assess the development progress of their spirit, it, was, it would be like they just got born again three days ago. And therefore, I want to encourage you. And sometimes you have all sorts of people claiming to to be uh, uh, 
Christians for a long time, but misbehaving in the church. Listen, it's not how long you have been a Christian that would determine your place and the authority of your voice. It is how well your spirit is developed, how well matured in the, in, in the development of your senses that determines your place and how far your voice can go. And you know, sometimes, mind you, a person can preach the word of God. Because you see, like as I'm preaching to you now, I'm preaching the word of God using my natural understanding to a large extent. I mean, even when the Holy Spirit speaks, how much of it I hear to even explain has to do with the development of my spirit. But the fact that I am preaching the word does not necessarily mean that I am equally developed in spirit and I understand the dynamics of things spiritually. So sometimes you have people who have been in church for a long time, they've done so many things, but for whatever reason, they, 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 they just go off. And so I want to really encourage you to develop your spirit and be sensitive to the leading and to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, today I want to press on in the subject of faith. And I want to talk about the works of faith. The works of faith. You see, in James chapter 2, James tells us that faith must lead us to do works. Faith must lead us to do works. And just for time's sake, I want to start from verse 14. It says, what profit, my brethren, or what does it profit? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now, what, what, it doesn't mean the, the, the save he's talking here is not the faith as in terms of believing in Jesus Christ as the son of God and therefore receiving salvation that's not, not that's not the save he's talking about you see what he's talking about is that faith faith when it's present will lead you to do things that would deliver you from every plan of the devil against your life that would deliver you from doing things that will cause you to be judged not favorably when you stand before the Lord. Remember that the fact that we belong to God does not mean that we will not be judged. Because the Bible tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die and after death, judgment. You see, there will be different levels of judgment. There will be judgment for those who are Christians who believed in Jesus, what they did with their lives. 
And then also, there will be judgment for those who rejected Jesus Christ. So there will be judgments. It's not, it's not only one judgment whether you are going to heaven or you are going to hell. No. You see, the scripture here is talking about if you have faith in Jesus Christ and you have faith in him as the son of God, then what is the evidence of this faith in terms of how you went on to live your life? Because remember that Jesus, I read at the beginning when we were praying, when Jesus said in John chapter 13 that a new commandment I give unto you. Is it 1513? I think 1513. A new commandment I give unto you. And what is that commandment? That you love one another. Now, if you say you have faith in Jesus Christ, then, and he's your Lord. If you say you have faith in Jesus Christ and you have been saved by him and therefore he has become your Lord, then where is this faith in obeying his commandment of loving one another? So that is what James is talking about here. No? So, so the first question he asks is that if a man says he has faith, and the, the faith he has does not lead him to do certain things, then how can this faith save him from not doing what is required of him? So for example, it says, if a brother or a sister be naked and, and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, not and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit it? What does it profit? In other words, what the body needs is food and the things that clothe, food and clothes. So he said that in the same way, also, in the same way, also. If faith, it had not works, is dead being alone. Because it's not faith must have a corresponding works. We are not saved by works. That's, that's not what James is talking about. We are saved by faith. Or we are saved by grace through faith. It's, it's not our works that will save us. But now that we are saved... It must lead us to do works. That's the point. That's, that's what James is referring here. And he says, Yea, a man say, a man may say, Thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Because remember that faith is the evidence. Faith so faith must must be seen. Faith must be something that can be demonstrated. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and they tremble. So in other words, to say I believe there is God, but not to go on to live a life that reflects that you believe there is God. 
what he's saying is that there's no difference between you and the devil because the devil also believes in fact when jesus came into the world it was the devils that identified him before anybody could identify him apart from john the baptist who said the one who sent me told you upon the one who you see the spirit descending like a dove and remaining he it is apart from john the baptist knowing that jesus as for the demons they didn't need any sign they knew him they didn't need any reference point john the baptist didn't know jesus he had to be given a sign that when you see him this is what will happen this is what you see like sometimes you go to the airport to pick somebody and you don't know the person so the, a sign is given a, something to identify the person is given to you so john the baptist was given, but the demons were not given signs they knew jesus and they started crying and and all those things so in the same way you see james is saying here that our faith must have corresponding works but without know O vain man that faith without works is dead was not abraham our father justified by works when he had offered isaac his son upon the altar seeth thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect or complete now so he's explaining to us that abraham did not know or did not have jesus to believe in him as a son of god but abraham believed god and that is why when he was called to go out from his country his kindred he obeyed god and left and so the leaving them going to a place where you don't know is, is evidence that he believed God. Now, if God says, I'll show you, it, 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 there must be a place. If God says, go there, it must be a better place. So he believed God. But even in believing God, as he walked and journeyed and all those things, he came to a difficult point where he didn't have a child and tried after several years to have a child and nothing came. Now, when, the, when God promised him of a child and the child came, he demonstrated his belief or he demonstrated his faith in the goodness of God, in the ability of God. When God asked him to go and sacrifice his son. Now, you see, sometimes we just read the scriptures, but we don't ask ourselves, what were the possible thoughts what were the what was the thinking process that happened to Abraham as he was told to go and sacrifice his child? What what how did he how did how was he able to do it? And so his ability to do it, or his willingness and readiness to do it, is a demonstration that he believed God. He believed God by saying, or for example, I will say. That is, he will say to him, well, I was childless anyway with this woman. I was childless. I was childless with this woman that God has promised to make me a nation from. So if he knows that he wants to make me a nation through my marriage or through my wife, because remember that Abraham discovered 
later that the problem was not with him when he had Sarah. So if it was just children he wanted to have, he would have gone ahead and had many children with the many mates and just told Sarah, hey, look, you, you, you are not producing. Let me produce. But you see, he believed God for the promise. So whatever God promised him, when he said that I'll give you a child through this woman and from this child, I will make a nation out of you. Now, Abraham believed and knew that it is only God who can do what he says he wants to do. So if the same God has given you a child by this woman and is asking you to go and sacrifice, why, why, why should you even be worried about it? The worst thing that will happen is that if he's not able to give you another child, then his promise that he has given to you will not come to pass. But you have nothing to lose. Because after all, he said he wants to make you a nation. It is not you who say you want to make yourself a nation. He said he wants to make you a nation. So, so that was the thinking of Abraham. That he believed that if God says, I want to make you a nation, and the same God is saying, go and sacrifice what I have given you to make a nation. He must have something under his sleeves. And this is what faith is. Hallelujah. So we see that Abraham demonstrated his faith by the works that he did and so on and so forth so you they say that you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only and similarly he gives example of Rahab the harlot who was justified by the works he did she did she had received the messengers and sent them another way. And it goes on. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also not a living faith. Hallelujah. So, I'm talking about faith and works. I'm talking about faith and works today. And I want us to look at something. So, so as I press on, I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. I'm talking about faith and works. Now, we say we have faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I said we say we have faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God who came to die for our sins. Not for his sins, because he who knew no sin, after living amongst us for 33 years, was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You don't have to put it up, it's okay. Now, this is very important. So, if we say we believe in Jesus Christ, as a son of God and we believe that he has saved us not ourselves and that he is our Lord listen carefully now if you say somebody is your Lord one of the clearest demonstration of the Lordship 
of the person over your life or over you is obedience to his instructions. Obedience to his commandments. Obedience to his instructions. Obedience to his commandments. Now, this Jesus says to us that he is the light of the world. That he is the light of the world. And that he, who for everybody who follows him, will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, the question is, if you believe in him, would you not follow him? If you really say you believe in him, and he says, I am the light of life, and that he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, would you not follow him? So, where is the evidence of our faith in Jesus as the Son of God? Where is the evidence of our declaration of the Lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives? We always quote the scripture, Romans 10, 9 and 10, for salvation. But you see, hallelujah, Romans 10, Have you found your Romans 10? It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. In other words, if you confess Jesus as Lord, And shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Or with the mouth, confession is made unto deliverance. The word salvation there is the same word that was used as deliverance. Deliverance from walking in darkness. Deliverance from walking in darkness. One of the things that I am learning, and you know, every season of your life and what you learn, and one of the things I'm learning in this season of my life, not, not when I say this season, not the corona season per se, but the season as a whole period of my life, is that there are a lot of things we do in the natural 
our actions, reactions, and so many things we say, and all these things. And in our minds, we think we are doing A. But time reveals later that we were actually doing Y, not A. And I think that is one of the things by which Satan has manipulated humanity. You think you are doing... You you see, I always ask myself the question, why did Satan go specifically to make and deceive Adam and Eve for them to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good of knowledge of good and evil telling them that in the day you eat it your eyes will be open and you'll be as god knowing good and evil why satan must know something that adam and eve didn't know And Satan must have a strategy that would give him dominion. That would give him control over humanity. Now, we all talk about the sin that was committed. But I've always asked myself some questions about it. And that is that. You see, when, Ad, when, when Satan went to Adam and Eve and deceived them to eat the tree, to eat the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of that tree, to eat it. Now, I asked myself, I said, I know that by eating it, there's first, first things that they had disobeyed God's instruction. They had disobeyed God's instruction. So that's one event. The next thing that I ask myself is, what has been the effect of the eating of the fruit of that tree? What has been the effect? What has been the effect you know sometimes you hear of all sorts of stories where a young girl or a young boy whoever whatever it is thinks they are drinking some juice or sometimes uh, 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 drinking alcohol just for fun only to discover that in the alcohol they are drinking there are other things in the alcohol that are not only just going to make them tipsy but it's going to knock them off and therefore allow control over them by their assailant hallelujah that, that's 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 the question so as we as they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the fruit of that tree what happened yes it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil, but what else happened that we don't know 
Because in that same garden is also a tree, the fruit of which was to make them live forever. Now, one of the things that I believe must have happened was to reduce man's ability to communicate or commune with the world that is not visible, the unseen world, the supernatural world, the world beyond our five senses. And, and, and therefore, if Satan is the one who he is, he must be a master strategist. You see, this same thing happened with Elisha. When an army was sent to go and arrest him, when an army was sent to go and arrest him and his, his servant went and saw the army, the servant was afraid. What did Elisha do? I think it's 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, there about or so. What did Elisha do? Let, let, let's you see. Sometimes when you read the Bible, I need you to open, don't limit your mind, just remove the, the cup and allow it to really analyze and to think. And allow the Holy Spirit to teach you many things from it. Now, what did Elisha do? In order for Elisha to be able to control what is stronger than him in the physical, what is massive in terms of power than him in the, in the natural, he prayed to God that God would make them blind. He prayed to God that God would make them blind. Now, when they became blind, one man, he led them to a place where they, didn't, they, they were not ready to go. So they thought, they thought they were going to where they wanted to go. But they were led now the question I want to ask can I, can I ask a question am I allowed to ask a question when I'm preaching when they became blind didn't they see that they were blind no no it's a question it's a question I'm asking because you have you, are, you have gone to a man now let, let, let's read a verse let's read a verse so that we can we should think Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. Please, we've prayed for you to teach us. So teach us. And you can teach, and you do teach. Verse 18. The Bible says, And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto him, unto them, 
this is not the way neither is this the city follow me and i will bring you to the man whom you seek <laughs> can you see something you know Eli I, listen initially i thought they came to elisha the question i want to ask is that did they come to him to see him with their eyes open or they were blind before they got to him and when they became blind didn't they realize that they were blind because if i'm seeing now i can see the camera i'm looking into the camera god forbid and all of a sudden i go blind i will know that something has changed i will know that something has changed so i'll be concerned with more of what has changed instead of even going continuing on my mission but you see what i'm trying to show you here is that if god can make human beings blind so that they can be misled then i want to believe that satan knowing being the master planner must have done something or must have made us eat that tree so that we will lose our ability to see into the world where he is so that we can see him as he is and see clearly his misleading but you see human beings we may not be aware but we are blind that is what jesus said to the pharisees because you say you see your sins still remains because you say you see and he said if you were blind you would have had no sin but because you say you see in other words because you say you know what you are doing you understand what you are doing so then you'll be judged for knowing understanding and knowing what you are doing now in the same way you see satan i'm talking about your faith and your works i said i'm talking about your faith and your works i said i'm talking about your faith and your works amen and so in the same way what i was saying was that i've been learning over the past some time now sometimes you think you are doing a only to discover years down the line that you are actually doing why and you'll be wondering how how did it happen how it happened is because you didn't see everything that was there to be seen you were blind to many things and that is what made you think you are doing a father help us never to be misled by thinking we know what we are doing but may we follow the light that you have given us hallelujah so jesus comes into the world and says i am the light of this world and he who follows me would have the light of life he who follows me would have the light of life shall not walk in darkness now listen carefully listen carefully it is very important for you and me 
to believe what Jesus has said and to demonstrate what we believe by following him. I said to believe what he has said by following him and wherever we lack strength, wherever we lack understanding, whatever we lack in our ability to follow him, for us to make it our prayer point to follow him. Because he is the light of life. He is the one who knows and understands every step and every action we take. And it is only he, Jesus, who would guide our lives here on earth to cause us to do what will be a blessing to our lives, not only here on earth, but hereafter. He is from heaven. And we have believed in him to go to heaven. So he knows what we need in heaven. And he knows what we can do and what we must do here on earth to give us what we need in heaven. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Listen. Faith and works. John chapter 6. Verse 29. I said faith and works. Where is the works of your life? I said where is the works of your life? As you declare faith in Jesus. There must be a corresponding works. John 6, 29. This is the work. This is the work. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. This is the work of God. That you believe on him whom he has sent. This is the work of God. That you believe on him whom he has sent. Listen. If you say you have faith in Jesus. And Jesus says follow me. And you don't make every effort to follow him. For him to be the light of your life in this world. Then you don't believe in Jesus. Because Jesus says the world in which you live is dark. He says the world in which you live is dark. What you do, you don't know what it is. It is only in darkness that you think you are beautifying your face. Only to discover that you are actually painting your face to be a caricature. That's one of the reasons why women always want the brightest of light. Where they are doing their makeup. Because they want to look. They, they have a look in their minds. That they want to put on. And therefore they need light. To be able to put on exactly what they want. So that when they step out into the greater light, they will look closer to what they wished to look. But when a woman does her makeup in darkness or in a place not so well lit, 
when they come out to a place where there's a lot of light, you sometimes want to ask, is this a walking corpse or a living human being? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So Jesus is saying, I'm the light of life. Follow me. Follow me. So that you don't do things. So that you don't live your life here on earth in a manner, in a way that would bring you regrets when you arrive in heaven. That will bring you regrets when you arrive in heaven. He is from heaven. He knows what you need in heaven. That will make you joyous. That will cause you to be excited. And he knows how to guide your life here on earth. To walk it and to live it in a way. That makes you accumulate those things in heaven. And that makes your life here on earth overcome every satanic plan, agenda, attack that is set against you. Because he showed us, he overcame Satan completely. There is no, it's not, it's not 17.3. I said it's not 17.3. It's 20 zero. It's not that Satan scored a point on him. No, 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 no. Satan could not score one point on him. Hallelujah. Satan tried several times in many ways, but he demonstrated his absolute superiority to Satan by defeating him everywhere. At a point when Satan and his agents saw him, his evil spirit saw him, they didn't ask whether they were going to be cast out or not. They just asking, please don't take us far. As for the going out, we have to go at your command. But can you let us not go far? Hallelujah. Now, as I try to round up, following Jesus, as the light of life. I want to give you an example. In John chapter 8. I see I'm running out of time. But God is with us. You see in John chapter 8. Listen carefully. I wanted to. We, are, we have read this passage. and We've read it in different times. But I want us to read it well to explain a point that I'm making to you. The Bible says Jesus went onto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. In other words, it's not somebody said. It's a life 
event that she was caught. And Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they had continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. Now, I like to know the meaning of the word eldest. There are two there are two meanings or two usages of the word as in terms of elder or age and also as in terms of rank or office. Amen. So whichever one was being used. Remember he was brought by the scribes and Pharisees. So people who enforce the law. And the Bible says, where am I? Verse 9. And they which had it being convicted by their own conscience. My Bible, okay, it says by their con- by, by conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee she said, No man. He said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Now, you see, if we, most of us, when we read, we stop here. When we read, we stop here. And then when we have to use the next verse, we use it without reference to the the, the earlier passage. But unless Jesus is not well, which is not the case, he must be talking in relation to the event that has occurred. I said he must be talking in relation to the event that has occurred. And what did he say immediately? He says, 
Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that followeth me shall not walk. So this is why he said, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you shall have the light of life. Because what was about to happen to the Pharisees and to the people that had brought the woman caught in their adultery was they were coming to write their own judgment. They were about to do something that they were not aware that this is exactly what they are doing. They were about to put themselves in a position of no mercy. Because the question I always ask is that what made them go away without throwing stones at the woman? Is it something that they committed whilst they have brought the woman there? Or is it something they committed before they brought the woman there? And the question is, didn't they know about it? (laughs) Didn't they know about it? But you see, Satan was leading them like a blind man or somebody else being led by blind to do things that was actually going to make them be condemned. You see, Satan, Satan, let me say this to you. Let me say this. On the day of judgment, and in fact, the one who matters to us is not Satan. It's God. It's God. It's not Satan. It's God. Because Satan is not the giver of our life. So Satan has no right to demand of us anything. Satan has no right to demand our obedience to him. But God, who is the giver of our lives, God, who is the giver of our lives and the sustainer of our life, is the one with whom we have to do. Satan being Satan, knowing what will cause him to have people with him and for him to boss over them and to to manage them wherever he is or he will be, is making you do things that will cause you to be judged unfavorably. It's making you live your life in a way that will deprive you of all the blessings that is meant for your life through salvation which comes from Christ. And I see a lot of us, a lot of us are wasting our lives away. I said a lot of us are wasting our lives away because of the blindness. I said because of the blindness that exists in us and because of our refusal to follow Jesus, the light of life, the light of our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Look here. They were busy going to write their own judgment. 
They were busy going to going to close their own window of mercy. And they were being led by Satan. In the name of keeping the law. But Jesus, the light of life, who knows everything, who knows where he came from, and who knows where he's going, is saying to you, follow me. Follow me, I am the way. Follow me, I am the light. I will guide your life. And Satan will not be able to cause you to do things that will work against you later. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm enjoying myself. Please allow me to preach. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Then the Pharisees, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, and thy record is not true. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whither I go. But you cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Jesus knows where we came from. How long we are here for. And where we will go after. He is the best guide. He's the best guide. He's the best guide. I said he's the best guide demonstrating by dying for you and for me he gave his life he suffered the contradiction of sinners against himself he who knew no sin was made sin for us he will guide you he will guide me if we follow him oh may you follow jesus i said may you follow jesus in every sense of the word that he may guide your life that he may order your lives that he may orchestrate your life in a way that when you see your life hereafter, you will smile at it. And even here on earth, when your life is ending, you will know that you have lived a good life because you follow Jesus. You will have no regrets of this life. But you see, he says, you judge after the flesh. In other words, you, your, your conclusions and your decisions are based in the natural. Everything is natural. But I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone. But I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one that bears witness of myself. And the father that sent me bears witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, You never know me, nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father. Hallelujah. So we see Jesus clearly. Speaking to testify. I said, speaking to testify that he is the guide of life. I said, speaking clearly to testify. Now let's read on. Verse 26. 
He says, I have many things to say and to judge of you or concerning you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard. Eish. Are you a believer of Jesus? He said, whatever I say is what God has said. They understood not I spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, speak, I speak these things. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. And he sent them, sorry, and he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. For I do always those things that please him. And because I do always those things that please him, he's always with me. Now, the question I want to ask you is what are those things that please him? I said, what are those things that please him? You need to know, I need to know. Because those things that please him the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. In other words, without faith, we cannot do those things that please him. Oh, I feel I'm preaching good. I'll, 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 get, the, I'll get the podcast myself. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I want to go on and go on. But I also don't want to rush. God giving us life and health. Next week, I'll continue. Jesus said, the father that sent me has not left me alone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why? For I do always those things that please him. Your faith. I said your faith is bringing to your life the continual presence of the Lord with you in this world. And because of that, you will walk this life we will walk this life without fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This world in which we live is dangerous and is dark. It's fearful. And therefore, we need God's presence with us to, to be with us. And Jesus 
will show us the things that please God. I said, Jesus will show us the things that please God. That we will walk in them by our faith. To also please God. For God's presence to always be with us. And give us comfort and confidence. And deliver us from fear. Because the Bible says, there are those who through fear of death are constantly or are held in bondage. But Jesus has come to free us, not only to go to heaven, but to free us of the fear of death by doing things that will always please God. Oh, I'm loving Jesus. I'm loving you. Thank you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want you to pray. Lift up your voice and pray to the Lord. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Shabrokitaya. Ah, my God, my God, I thank you. I bless your name. I bless your name for helping my life. Thank you for revealing these things to babes like me. That I may live my life pleasing you. Pleasing you. That I will follow Jesus, the light of my life. Thank you. That the enemy shall no longer be able to deceive me. That I will follow with all my strength and with everything that I have. Whatever I lack, Lord, may you supply. May you supply. To enable me to follow Jesus. Make me a hard follower of my Savior. Make me a hard follower of the light of my life. Deliver me from every hold of the enemy in my life that is preventing me from going all out in following my Savior. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Deliver me. Deliver me. In the light of his Oh, thank you. I wanted to pray to God. What a glory. That he shall be he shall deliver us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shabrokitaya Baba. I see you going forward. I see you taking giant steps. Abandoning the things, the chains that held you captive. Because you are free today in the mighty name of Jesus. Every chain is broken. You are living a life that is superior to the ways of this world. You are living a life that is above the darkness that is in this world. You are delivered from every evil that is set against your life. That is intending to take you off course. Thank you. Jesus. You are our everything. Teach us by your spirit, your ways. Open our eyes to your commandments. What they mean to us. And give us the grace and the strength. To work it out in this dark world. Trusting you. Depending on you for everything. Thank you. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you Holy Spirit. Jesus, 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 
You are everything. You are everything. We look up to you. Holy Spirit, the gift of God in us. Stir our hearts to follow our Savior. For he is the light of our lives. May we follow no other light. For he is the true light. Thank you. We shall not be deceived. When we walk, we to do things, thinking we are doing something else, only to discover that we walked in the ways of the enemy, that we gave up, we gave place to the devil. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide us. May we not walk according to our emotions. May we not walk according to our feelings, but we walk according to your ways. Give us. Your word he to your commandments, may we not do what we do, and we that which is for you. For He is our light, for He is our light. I see you being delivered long step you have taken from every wrong book you have made. Oh, yes. Yes, some of you, you took a step out of your place of safety. But to trust. And that has been the problem of your life today. But as you come to that realization, may the Lord restore and may the Lord help you. Some of you are about to be deceived to make a move that will cost you to cost the rest of your life. May the Lord by his spirit speak loud and clear. And may you hear. May you hear. May you hear. Father, delivered from taking the wrong step. Them who are about to take the step. You know everything. And you know what this step means. The enemy has deceived us. And deceived many. To think that is a good step. According to the knowledge that he has given to them. But you who knows all things. You who is the truth. And you who sees everything. Please I pray. Deliver. Deliver Lord. Deliver. Deliver. I thank you. That my steps are ordered by you. For Jeremiah said. It is not in man that walketh to direct his path. Let this truth be in your people as it is in me. May I never be found to direct my own path, but may I follow Jesus, the Savior of my life, the light of my life, the bread of my life. May I follow you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yes. The spirit of the Lord is speaking to you here. Here. Listen carefully, you will hear. Stop listening to your emotions. Stop listening to your carnal mind. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Still small voice speaking gently. Heed to counsel. Heed to his voice that you may be safe. That you may be saved. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
They are higher heights than deeper seas. Lord, whatever you need to do, Lord, do in me. Do in me, do in me. The glory of God fills my life. And I will never be the same again. I am a changed person. They I am a transformed person. Because my mind is renewed. I follow diligently the light of my mind. Whatever life. you need Jesus. to do, Lord, do in me. The glory of God fills my life. And, and I will, will never, never be the same again. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. You may not be well in your body. The Bible tells us about his stripes. We were healed. Receive your healing by believing what the word says concerning your healing. As Jesus hung on the cross, as his body was broken, your healing was bought for you. Receive it and declare it. Don't move by what you feel. Move by what God says. By his stripes we were healed. In Jesus Christ, you have the right for healing of every sickness in your body. Confess it and act it by your faith. Thank you. As every head is bowed and every eye closed still. You want to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For without Jesus, you cannot be born again. You must be born again, Jesus said. To Nicodemus, who was in church. And therefore, I need you to pray this prayer with me. You may have been going to church for several years, but it's not equal to being born again. Being born again is believing in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. Declaring your faith in His death and resurrection and His ascension to the presence and to the right hand of the Father. And to submit your life to Him. Let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I stand before you stand before you knowing my true state knowing my true state that i have rebelled against you that i've rebelled against and i've walked my own way and i've walked my own way but today but today i stand before you i stand before you acknowledging you acknowledging you as my maker as my maker as the giver of my life as the giver of my life as a sustainer of my life as a sustainer of my life therefore i come therefore i come to submit to you to submit to you to be the God of my life. To be the God of my life. I will obey you. I will obey you. And I will follow. And I will follow. Wherever you lead me. Wherever you lead me. I receive Jesus Christ. I receive Jesus Christ. As your son. As your son. Who came to die for my sins. Who came to die for my sins. He rose again on the third day. He rose again on the third day. Seated at your right hand. Seated at the right hand. I confess him. I confess him. As my Lord. As my Lord. And I believe in my heart. And I believe in my heart. That he died for my sins. That he died for my sins. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For this opportunity. For this opportunity. Jesus. Jesus. My Savior. My Savior. Manifest your presence in my life. Manifest your presence in my life. By your spirit. By your spirit. Cause me. Cause me. To follow you. To follow you. As the light of my life. As the light of my life. Satan. Satan. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. From today. From today. I will therefore not follow you. I will therefore not follow you. From today. From today. I'm no longer your servant. I'm no longer your servant. I am a servant of God. I'm the servant of God. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For this precious salvation. For this precious salvation. In Jesus' name, I Jesus pray. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, bless your people. Keep them. Keep them. Keep them. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.